So I think about the emotional stoplight, right? Where red, you're angry or you're frustrated. Yellow, you're questioning, you're doubtful. And then green, we're just going. We're making good decisions. We're in the flow. And in order to be resilient, you have to be able to change colors. You have to go from red to yellow, yellow to green. You know, from green, everything can't be good all the time. So you're going to go to red from green sometime. And that's something that I'm working on with my six-year-old right now. He has a really hard time of getting back to green. So, and I think, and maybe you and I've talked about this before, but the longer you take to get back to green, the less effective you are. So the skill in being resilient, in my opinion, is how can you go, how soon can you go from adversity to flow? The, the quicker you are, the better you are. Welcome to The Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Tory. Let's get better together. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Culture Classroom. It is NFC, AFC Championship, Super Bowl-ish vibes this Sunday. Uh, got a cool tie to the 49ers, Coach Tory. Uh, the guy that was our distinguished alumnus for this past year, Rustin Webster, was the former GM for the Titans, now works for the Atlanta Falcons. His son is a defensive coach, Jacob Webster, for the San Francisco 49ers. So I got to be able to do a Zoom with him to introduce his dad, and I saw the field in the background getting ready. He's uh, going to send me a video of pregame tonight, so I'll be sure to share that with you. So super cool kind of tie with the Niners uh, just via a Zoom, right? Uh, but uh, today is going to be an exciting day. If you're a football fan, if you're listening to this a little later than today, obviously uh, your team's either won or lost when you're watching the NFC and AFC Championship. But uh, we have a special podcast today that you sent to me, and it's going to talk about resilience and deals with one of the coaches that is in the AFC Championship today. Uh, so once again, welcome back to the Culture Classroom. Yeah, thanks. I just, uh, it's really exciting. I'll let you know how I feel about the defensive uh, coach here in a couple hours. We'll see San Francisco's defense has, you know, been hit and miss this year. There have been times where they've been locked down, and then there have been times where it's like, what in the world? Why are we giving up everything uh, under the sun? So, well, you know, that's just part of being a fan, right? I'll be sitting and watching from my uh, living room. I'm not out on the sidelines anymore. Those days are gone. So it's, it's part of being a fan, I guess. I'll let you know how I feel in a couple hours. But it's a big day. It's a big day. And uh, I think resilience, right? You say that word, and it is a growing piece in education. It's a growing piece in what we do as coaches. Yeah. You know, you can't build championship people if you haven't faced some adversity. If you haven't been able to respond from something, um, I talk in our program about get back to green. So I think about the emotional stoplight, right? Where red, you're angry or you're frustrated. Yellow, you're questioning, you're doubtful. And then green, we're just going. We're making good decisions. We're in the flow. And in order to be resilient, you have to be able to change colors. You have to go from red to yellow, yellow to green. You know, from green, everything can't be good all the time. So you're going to go to red from green sometimes. And that's something that I'm working on with my six-year-old right now. He has a really hard time of getting back to green. So, and I think, and maybe you and I've talked about this before, but the longer you take to get back to green, the less effective you are. So the skill in being resilient, in my opinion, is how can you go, how soon can you go from adversity to flow? 
the, the quicker you are, the better you are. Yeah. So my son's playing 2K24. Holy cow. Like <laughs> he changes it from, I put it on rookie for him, the mode to all the way to all stars, what he puts it on. I'm like, look, dude, you're, you're not going to, like, he's on red all the time right now. And he's like, can you play? Can you play? And I can't even play on all star. Like, I don't, I'm not a video game guy. Like, I like watching the game. I don't like playing the game uh, on a thing. So I'm sitting here watching it right now and put it back on rookie mode after all-star mode. And he got back to green a little bit because it was a little bit easier. And I think there's some substance to that to where when things are easier in our life, it's easy to stay on green. The harder, the all-star, the hall of fame, if you will, on 2K24, that setting, uh, it's, it's easier for us to go to red real quick because things are difficult. Um, they're, they're strenuous. They're cause anxiety. So it, we can go from green to red real quick, just going from rookie level all the way to hall of fame level. And that's just a simple, stupid uh, illustration off of a video game, but how, how that does in life is like when you start thinking when things are easy, it's easy to be green when things are hard and frustrations are high how quick we like go off the handle and we go to red and there's no middle ground with the yellow. So that's that. just thinking about that as you're, you're talking about like the stages of, and we've, I forgot what season and episode that was, but if you want to listen to that, get back to green. There is a uh, episode back in there. We'll probably put in the show notes if I can find it. And uh, there's a illustration in a PowerPoint that goes along with that, that you can share with your team as well. But uh, I also thought about this when you're talking about resilience, before you start talking about this, Think about Dan Campbell. We've talked about him a lot in the last uh, few podcasts and talked about his inspirational quote to his team about we're going to stand up and it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. And on the way up, we're going to take out your other kneecap. And when <laughs> going to get up again, it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk of you, hunk out of you. You know, and, and it's that mantra that you're going to see today against your team, the Niners. Uh, it's going to take more body blows. And I think about Mike Tyson punch out, right? When you fight Glass Joe, it takes a little bit more to not like Glass Joe is going to knock you down, but you're going to be able to get back up. And when you get to Mike Tyson, it, one shot and you're out, right? You don't want that. You want to be able to be able to get back up when you get knocked down, when life hits you and you get knocked down, that you're able to get back up. So uh, just another analogy from or a quote from Dan Campbell, who we've studied the last two podcasts or even three podcasts, we've talked about him and um, how how the lines are kind of going. Like it, they're resilient with them, and I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a heck of a game, a field goal, uh, you know, a one point, two point score, just because of who he is and how he's identifying with this team of being resilient. Well, the, the mentally weak teams have all been eliminated, right? The four that are remaining are the, are the most mentally strong uh, because even look at like the 49ers last week when things are falling apart with the Packers, you know, they didn't cave. And and we see the other end with the Cowboys, right? When um, they couldn't handle the Packers, they couldn't handle the, the turnovers or the moment and, and all those things. And so we talk about get back to green or you want to stay green. You have to be able to handle the moment. Mm -hmm. And um you know, I think about that ESPN 30 for 30 as you're talking about Mike Tyson's punch out, which that brings back a whole lot of emotions from my childhood, right? But I think about uh, the 30 for 30 with Bo Jackson where he said the greatest compliment you could get from, from his coach, and I can't remember if it was at Auburn or if it was in high school, but they used to have this phrase of blood on the saddle. 
And so the most resilient people have blood on the saddle. They don't have the nice new shiny tools, right? They've got them. They're beat up. They're dinged. They're stained. They've, uh, they're, they're weathered. They've been through a lot of things. And that's how I think of with resilient people. They're the people that have been through a lot and they keep going. They find a way to pick themselves back up and they keep going. They don't lay there and they don't quit. They don't take it. And um, they don't get frustrated. They're, they're green. They, they, and they're stronger because of what they've been through. And um, as a teacher and a coach, those are the kids that I want to build, right? I want to build resilient kids, kids that can handle anything, kids that have a little blood on the saddle every day. Yeah, I think about, you know, core values are a big topic with coaches or systems and culture. I mean, all those buzzwords, right? But I looked up the word resilience, and it's the capacity to withstand or recover quickly from difficulties, toughness. And how many teams do you know right now that are playing that are tough? How many teams that win championships are tough. And that, I think that's what it goes to. The other one, it says the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape. The word there is elasticity. When you're able to stretch yourself, when you're able to go back to your original shape. So you go to red, you're able to get yourself back to green. You're able to stretch yourself beyond measure from green to yellow, to red, to whatever. And you're able to come back to that being resilient with, with whatever mode you go to. So I think a big part of resilience is being able to recover quickly. Like you don't want to stay in a rut. You don't want to stay in the funk. It's like a batter when he's having a slump, right? He's say he started out hitting 357 and now he's hitting 205. Well, he's either a going to be cut, get out of the lineup or he's going to be resilient and go take cuts in the cage, or he's going to go and take some extra BP, or he's going to get in the simulator, wh whatever they do in the MLB. I have no idea. Yeah. If you're a high school kid, you're going to go take more cuts. You're going to be yeah. resilient in the fact of, I got to recover quickly on getting that right. I got to get back in the lineup. I got to get back to 300 at least. Uh, and I think about quarterback. I mean, there's there's so many levels, and our listeners are probably saying, yeah, they, they can resonate with that. And they know people right now when they went through their season that maybe there's a player on your team that wasn't resilient. And you're in a coach's meeting and you're like, we need them to be resilient. And you said that word. Um, you know, my my thing for today is like, let's help these coaches, professionals, whatever, kids that are listening, how to be resilient. Yeah, you know, and I think the other the other part to resilience is sometimes you don't have the luxury of time, right? Like sometimes you can't sit and wait on it. Sometimes you can't decompress and break it down. You just have to keep going. Um, recently, I'm at a wrestling match, junior high wrestling match. And uh, one of my best wrestlers is wrestling another school's best wrestler. And mom is videoing from the front row of the bleachers and uh, yelling F-bombs at the official, right? Like from, from bleacher one, I actually looked in the stands to the AD of the school we were like, uh, you might want to come down and take crazy lady out of the bleachers here, but he didn't. And uh, my kid ends up taking this other kid out down and they go out of bounds. And so the official, as he's resetting them, comes back, brings them back to the center. And then their kid starts down my kid on top. And before they could get in top and bottom position, the, uh, the kid punches my wrestler in the face. And so there's a, there's a team point, right? That there it is. And so we're going to award one. So now I'm up three, nothing, not two, nothing. 
the kid probably should have been removed from the tournament, but it was a young official. Uh, you know, I'm not going to ever question an official's call at this point. I might not be happy about it, but I'm not ever going to like push the line. It is so hard to find officials anymore. And they do a really good job and they're just doing the best they can too. And anyone who's critical of officials, I highly recommend you get in there and put on the stripes and see what that's like. And I try to officiate as much little kids and things like that as I can, just because that keeps me humble in that way. But mm. we're up three, nothing in this match. And again, the mom continues to yell F bombs and my kid goes out and gets right back on the line and stays green. And we end up winning that match seven to six. Mm. So my kid came off the mat. He was heated. He comes to the corner. I'm like, Hey, really good job. Angel. Now, uh, now take a few minutes and calm down and come back and see me. And so he did took about 10 minutes and came back 10 minutes later and he was still green, you know, and composed and uh, had his hoodie on and was sweaty, but you know, wasn't breathing heavy anymore. And I go, I'm proud of you because the difference in the match was you keeping your composure when that kid hit you. Like it's really hard to get punched in the face and continue, right? It's really hard to get punched in the face and stay green. And yet that's what we did. And it was the difference in the match. That one penalty point where we were able to keep wrestling and Angel got a couple more takedowns and things like that. But that one penalty point was the difference. And I think about resilience, right? The teams that come out on top that are resilient, that have battled through adversity, you don't know how the outcome is going to go. And you and I have talked about that for a long time. Surrender the outcome. It doesn't matter. But if you can stay composed and give yourself a chance to win, the team that's more resilient than the other will emerge as the victor. That's that's it. That's it. So I go back to when you're saying that about the wrestling match. I think about this past year state championship track meet. And I don't know if I've shared this with you or not. But we're you the have, but not on the podcast. Yeah. So we're we're favored to win it. We come out of the field great. First events 300 hurdles. Our guy wins by like four or five seconds, which is an eternity in track. They DQ him, hooking a hurdle. Ten points off the board. People are like, oh, well, you can complain and this and that. And I look at him, I was like, you have three or four more races today. Don't let that dictate the outcome of what you want for our team. So the second race is the four by two. 800 meter relay. DQ'd. One of our guys stepped out of the exchange zone upon receiving the baton. I'm talking, yeah, we're talking like inches. DQ'd. Won that. 20 points that we're supposed to have are all off the board. So I go to our team, and there I go to the tent, and the tent is a mess. Like those four kids plus the guy that the hurdler who's now at Mississippi State is a the Catholic, but they're all – Everybody's red. Yeah. Everyone's red. Parents and like, you got to review that. We got to appeal that. We got to do this. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, stop. We can't go control what we've been doing. Like that, that's it. That's in the past. What we can control is what's fixing to happen because I'd be damned if we're going to let those first two events dictate the next 10 and get in the way of us winning a state championship because we have this to go. I'm not going to let that. And that comes into the coaching part, right? That comes into this. I mean, we're going for our fourth straight last year, which we ended up winning, which was great. But the resilience piece of like showing those kids, like you, you have to flush that now 
recover quickly from those two bad instances and go forward. Just go. And then fast forward. Now the Olympics are this summer. So say on the the track deal. And what I think about, as you said, they don't have a lot of time. You think about you trained for four years for nine seconds. If you're a sprinter on 100 meter dash, think about the resiliency of you going and you placing fourth and you're not on the podium and you've trained four years for that. You got to wait three more for a chance to compete in that again at the highest level in the Olympics. In the Olympics, so that's like yes, you do have time. In the instance of we did, we had that track meet. We had ten more events. Versus an Olympian who waits for that moment for nine seconds, ten seconds. If you're a male sprinter, and if you don't get what you want, you got to wait another three years. I mean, that's just when you start thinking out, and I mean. I don't know. There's just a lot that goes into it. Um, there, there's a lot. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in, I don't want things to go my way. Right. Like it's, if, if the, the, if, if the main character always gets the girl in the movie, it's not a very good movie. Right. right? I want to see the main character get hit by a bus and then crawl his way to safety and then get turned down by the girl. Cause she throws her food, plate of food in his face. I want to see that. And then in the end, I want to see him get revenge, you know, with maybe another girl or whatever else. But um, it, the the conflict resolves eventually anyway. But the best stories have the most adversity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, adversity is a word that I think is on probably every coach's locker room somewhere. You know, how to handle adversity, how you're measured is how your test through adversity. I mean, there's all kind of things, right? Uh but that's what resilience turns into is how you handle that. And either A, you recover quickly or B, you let a instance and a circumstance dictate how the outcome is instead of you recovering from it. There's a really good movie that speaks to this point. I don't know. Maybe it's not very good. Maybe I just remember it from my childhood uh, through rose colored glasses, but it's called the best of times and it stars Robin Williams. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, coach Weaver. Uh, but in it, you know, Robin Williams is an adult male who misses like a field goal in a high school game that costs his team. A, I can't even remember all the details, but he never lets it go. And every once in a while, he periodically watches that film again. And it's like, he just can't let it go. It cripples him the rest of his life. And he can never get back to green from it, right? He's always red or yellow uh, in terms of that. Ace Ventura, you know, I think about the, you know, Ray Finkle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's got all the, that whole closet space attic or whatever it is with like all the dolphins memorabilia all destroyed and stuff. Right. And so like th- there's people that just can't let it go. And I'm not telling our coaches to let it go, but I'm telling you that the difference in winning and losing is often razor thin. And the more resilient person should come out on top. I, I think about what happens if Angel reacts, right? Gets punched in the face and then reacts. Now we've got a melee. Now both guys are gone. Now it's, oh man, those Denison kids, you know, you don't want to blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, it, the, it becomes more of a spectacle. And so for us to stay green and keep our composure, not only were we able to come out on top, but I think that speaks a lot about the character that you have as well. Like the character of competing, you know, for you to go to walk into your tent after the first couple of meets go sideways, events go sideways on you in the state meet, everyone knows what's at stake. No one needs to be told like, how big of a deal this is everyone knows 
And so it's like to go back in and rally the troops, so to speak, and get people back to green and so that they can compete. I mean, that's the skill, right? That's what coaching is. I want people to be able to respond to me as a coach. If I'm in your corner, like I am at a wrestling meet and you choose to not listen to me, then why am I in your corner? I'm doing absolutely no good. So same thing with adversity. If I just let adversity continue to pound me, then I'm not a very good coach and I'm not, I'm not helping my team in the way that they need. So uh, that resilience piece, I mean, it works for us too with the things that we're doing to try to help people be better because let's be honest, coach, we were, you and I face adversity on a daily basis, right? right? We show resilience on a daily basis, um, but we're done competing. Mm -hmm. So in the obvious ways, it's not about us, right? It's about how do I take the lessons that I learn and pass them on to the next generation? I'll never forget this. I mean, I'm wearing my Niners shirt. It's a big day in the Bay, you know, right now, like trying to get to another Super Bowl, trying to win number six. It's a shame if the 49ers don't win a Super Bowl. This team is built to win a Super Bowl. So it's a shame if they can't make that happen. But before uh, I was hired by the 49ers, I had interviewed with the Browns. It went okay. I had interviewed with the Jaguars. That went okay. And then I interviewed with the Dolphins and they were hiring four. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, this is great. I've been close on a couple teams. I know people are looking. I'm going to catch on somewhere. Miami's hiring four. Corey's going to be one of them. Well, I went through the first interview. I went through the second interview. I went through the follow-up, all that stuff, right? Went through the whole process and a couple weeks before training camp and I finished fifth. Mm. And so I was really upset about that in the moment, right? Oh man, didn't go my way. And again, think about that main character, right? You are the main character in your movie, but like didn't go my way. I didn't know what was coming around the corner next. And about a week later, the 49ers call and say, Hey, we want to bring you in. And it's like, I'm wearing Niners stuff today, not Dolphin stuff. Right. So it, it, you just don't know. But if you're not resilient, you can't handle those kind of moments. And uh, I think it's just it's just more important than ever. As the faster our society moves, the faster our world turns, the more decisions that have to be made quickly. If you're not green all the time, or if you can't get back to green, if you're not resilient, then you're not going to make good decisions. Yeah, I, I echo that. And I think I'm going back and thinking about that state track meet in May. And here's, I forgot the one twist that I had. I went in there and it was a relay team and we had another four by eight. The 3,200 meter relay was coming up. And I told them, I was like, change uniforms. We have three different ones, a red, a white, and a blue that we can wear on top or a red shorts, blue shorts. I made them change it. So another thing of like, remember we talked about flip the switch, right? Yeah. This was like, all psychology. And I think that's what yeah. coaching is turning into. And I love the thing you said, like, if I can't motivate you, then why am I in your corner? Um, and I think that's, you know, at the state meet, they, I could have, the coaching's over with, let's put it that way. Like all it is yeah. is motivation and like strategy and, you know, yeah. tactical stuff. But the main thing was getting those guys back to green in that moment to where our parents, my assistant coach, was on red. The kids were on red. They were, you know, BCD in uh, by the backside of the tent. They were watching videos on their phone of, uh, of rivers hurtling. Oh, he didn't do that. Well, that, that's the only, the call that they made was the only call that is not appealable. So I was like, why are we arguing about it? Like it's over done. Flush it. Doesn't but, matter. Get better. Right. Doesn't matter. Get better. Absolutely. Um, you, you talk about making that switch and I know we've talked about flipping the switch before too. And that's a big, 
big part of mental performance, the Clark Kent, Superman, the what's your phone booth, the how are you going to merge? Are you the victor? Or are you the victim? All that stuff goes together with that. As you're describing that, you made your kids change colors. I'm thinking of that scene in Tin Cup where Kevin Costner is just shanking them down the line, right? And Cheech Marin's like, okay, now now turn your hat about, turn your hat around backwards and then take all your change and put it in your left pocket. And Kevin Costner's like, well, this doesn't make any sense. And Cheech Marin's like, do it, do it, man. Don't you want to win? And uh, I just think about that. But sometimes that's what it takes, right? That's what resilient people do. We do things that we don't think make sense in the moment because that's the only thing that we know how, or that's the only way we can keep putting one foot of the other in front of the other and moving forward. That's it. Well, uh, as we finish up, I want to, I want to echo this and I, I know we're transitioning, but we're running short on time, but I want to, I want to send this out. Cause I talked to Jacob Webster, you know, the guy for the 49ers and uh, I said, Hey, you have any tight end cutups and stuff like that? And we'll say why I need tight end cutups for another podcast. But uh, he's like, sure, I'll send you some stuff through PQD. So if you're a coach and you are wondering what in the heck is PQD, and this is your first time to listen to us, it's Pro Quick Draw. And not only it's uh, cost effective, you can use uh, our code, just tell them in your free trial that you heard about us on the Culture Classroom and you mentioned us, you get a 15% discount. And I'm saying that because the NFL uses Every NFL team uses PQD for everything. So you're thinking like, what do I need it for? Set up the free trial with PJ and start it today. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed because everything, even if you don't like it, everything that you make, you get to keep. You keep forever. It's branding, it's team presentations, it's huddle integration. Everything that I do is on PQD. So uh, I think that's so valuable. Here's the other thing is we push farther into the 21st century. I mean, we're not really in the 21st century anymore. We're a little bit beyond that. But, uh, you know, this is the trend. If you don't know how to do these these tool integrations, then you're losing time, right? Efficiency is the key and um, all the data and all these other things that are happening. Like PQD, PQD is another way that you can keep sharpening your skills so that you're ready to uh, take on the things that we're throwing your way right now. Well, Coach Tory, good luck to your 49ers today. And I'm hopeful that they are resilient if things go their, not, don't go their way. And uh, they are easily getting back to green as we're watching this game right now. Casey and Baltimore, maybe Baltimore needs a little bit more ways to get back to green because they're pretty red right now on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, that's why they're NFL. They're top four teams right now that are vying to go to the Super Bowl. Yep, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Coaches, how many times has your wife asked you, why are you getting home so late? I'm guilty of this too, and it's what sparked a conversation and eventually led to a playbook software. For my husband, it was the frustrations of time wasted on the busy work. Copying, pasting, nudging, rearranging plays, and making last minute changes to the playbook. And that's when it clicked. He made a list of features he wished Visio and PowerPoint had, and then created ProQuickDraw a plugin specifically for drawing playbooks, making scout cards and presentations in Visio and PowerPoint. Over three quarters of the NFL are using Pro Quick Draw, and thousands of colleges and high schools are turning to this platform because it's addressing the problems modern day coaches have. Do me a favor, find us on the web, Pro Quick Draw, book a demo with one of our coaches and tell them the Culture Classroom podcast sent you. 
and you'll get 15% off your annual subscription. Now get home to your wife. 